Hi everyone, welcome to World of Anime. I'm Stephanie, your host, back again. And with me as usual for our reviews, we have Ben. Hey everyone. And this is our episode 5 reviews of our favorite shows of this season. Well, our mostly highly anticipated shows. I don't think a lot of them are going to be our favorites by the end of the season. So before we get started, I want to apologize about our kind of erratic release schedule. We've been having some technology problems in terms of getting these episodes out on the web to you. And we are working through those as best we can. So the episodes will come out. They might not be on the day that I set them to come out, but they will come out. (laughs) And we want to have them to you, the listeners, as soon as we can. We've got one other episode in the works, which we're very, very excited about. And you should be getting that in a few days from whenever you hear this one. So we're going to jump right in this week. Let's start with... Steins Gate Zero. Yeah, so this week was um, more of a doozy than last week. Yep, uh, we got a proper introduction to the Karisu look-alike, uh, Kagari, uh, who supposedly has amnesia, but I think we'll find out quite a bit more at the start of next episode. Yeah, because, so, to recap, uh, the episode starts with more Okabe not sure of how to interact with Amadeus. He's ignoring her because he's like, she's not real. But then when Maho, the scientist girl, is like, let me take it from you. It's not fair to like, you know, keep making you go through this. He's still reluctant to give up the phone with Amadeus on it. And uh, and then what happens? Moeka. Oh, yeah. Actually, the episode starts with Moeka, who showed up at the end of last episode and okabe is very scared and she seems to be okay right now but i don't know if i trust her in terms of like she wanting to help them find this missing person yeah for no reason but turns out she didn't need to help them anyway um but it was interesting because he was terrified that like mayuri was gonna get killed but then when maho called him in a panic when she was on the way to the lab, he immediately goes to that place where he thought it was like Moeka's people coming to get her. Yeah. And he got afraid in the same way that he got afraid when Mayushi was uh, in danger. Yeah. Which he likes Maho now. Well, at the very least, he's very um, afraid of loss. Yeah. Understandably. Mm-hmm. So, um, I still think we're in the dark about something or another with Maho. I think that there's more to uncover there, but that's more of just a sneaking suspicion. And then with the rest of the episode, I think that things easily could have ended kind of... Things could have easily stopped building if Okabe just stopped interacting with Amadeus and they just didn't succeed in finding Kagari because that's honestly how it probably would have gone in real life because you know it's a 12 years old case but uh this episode serves as kind of pushing things over that line so that we can start looking into what the consequences are going to be of yeah. her being around and Amadeus continuing to be a part of his life in some way or another yeah yeah because at the end of the episode uh Rukako which 
I don't know why she know or he knows about Kagari, but like is a friend of her father's. Like I don't understand how that relationship happened, and all of a sudden, look who I found, and it's this missing girl. It's a little bit like in the previous season where her father had previously had possession of the IBM computer that they needed. Um, I think that they're going to need to establish in some way, I mean, I'm sure they will, uh, what the connection is there, particularly when Kagari seems to just now be kind of trying to figure things out. Yeah, has she had amnesia the whole time, or is this like a recent development? Is she just pretending to have amnesia? Because she clearly has some, well, strong reaction when when Mayashi comes and interacts with her and talks about upas and everything. That being said, that doesn't necessarily say anything one way or the other about amnesia, because that could have just triggered something. Maybe. There was definitely, uh, he was very triggered by Mayushi being in the same room. Yeah. And then Suzaha comes in. She's like, oh my God, it's Kagari. And everyone's like, what? Yep. And I'm still baffled as to why she looks exactly like Karisu. Even Okabe is like, she looks just like her, but the voice is different. Yeah. Like, I am so baffled as to what that connection is. And it's interesting, and I'm not sure what's going to come of it, but she seems to be the exact complement to Amadeus in the sense that Amadeus has Kurisu's voice and memories, and that's it. And Kagari looks like Kurisu, but doesn't have any memories, and her voice is different. I'm curious about whether, like, if you're back in the pa- if you're, like, in the wrong time for an extended period of time, I wonder if that alters your memories because like things get fuzzy as the future changes so like could you get amnesia that way it's an interesting idea i feel like uh suzuha is pretty strong evidence that it's possible has only been there for like maybe a year while kagari has been there for 12 years that's true but there is still the timeline that we already experienced where suzuha lives to old age stuck in the past i don't recall that Oh, she was stuck in the past because I couldn't get the time machine to work again. Oh. But, like, yeah. I don't know. But, again, Suzuha tried really hard to, like, make her loop, I guess, complete. Versus Kagari, who's not thinking about that. Also, I'm a little confused as to why... Oh, I guess I'm trying to figure out because, okay, so if Suzuha came back in order to prevent the world going into World War Three, right? Yeah. And she brought Kagari with her to, like, because Mayuri asked her to, like, take her with her. Then wouldn't she, wouldn't Kagari be in even timeline A? Uh, well, so originally they came back to 1998. Uh Uh-huh. And supposedly Kagari is left there. Right, but why doesn't Suzuha give a shit about Kagari in timeline A in the original show? I guess more pressing things well, were going on. Okay, but afterwards, she never went back to go look for her. What that, afterwards? After the show, you see her growing into old age, but like you don't see her looking for Kagari ever. Oh no, the old age was the bad ending one. That's the one where she fails completely. Oh, it gets confusing. Timelines are confusing. Yeah. So basically, yeah, I'm I'm interested to see if this is a plot contrivance of this timeline 
in this show or if it's something that was also a thing in the other one or if just the fact that they succeeded meant that she didn't have to come back in the past. Again, uh, even stronger than my suspicion with Maho, which I admit is a little bit unfounded, uh, I think that there is something far more suspicious about Kagari, not just because she looks like Karisu, but if you recall, she had that voice telling her to prevent the timeline being changed. Uh, and then she pulls a gun on Suzuha. And on top of that, we don't actually, no one knows who her parents are, supposedly. She's a war orphan that Myri took in. If the war doesn't happen, would she be a war orphan? I'm not even sure she was born in the traditional sense. I'm wondering if she's a clone or something. Interesting. I guess we're just still going to have to wait and see on Steins Gate. It is that kind of show. It is that kind of show. But we have some interesting theories, I think. Which, for the record, means I love it. I love this part. <laughs> you love the trying to figure out what the hell is going on part? Yeah. Yeah. It is fun. I do wonder how, now that people like have met her in the past, I wonder how that's going to affect the future. Right. Now, if Mayuri knows that she has adopted this girl, but like, I don't know, 20 years earlier, then that's got to have some interesting consequences. I mean, it could or it could not, if she always knew that. I guess, but like... We're going to have to be careful on this show, because... Uh, you can do some pretty deep navel gazing when it comes to time travel, and uh, it's really just about interpreting what they give us. Yeah. Time travel is very sticky, and I was pretty impressed with it in the original show. I hope that they do as good of a job in this season. Yeah. So, we end with Steins Gate in a state of confusion and uncertainty, as usual. And let's go back in time, <laughs> not in the time travel way, but just in the, what did we watch next in reverse order? Uh, I believe the next one is Shogugeki no Soma. Shogugeki no Soma. We finally get to see them with some meat. Some fried bear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like... I don't know how I feel that both of them came to the conclusion that frying it was the right thing to do, but you were so excited. Well, I when I started watching it, I thought that they were going to go for some sort of southern fried thing, and I was somehow correct, in spite of the fact that I have zero culinary knowledge. But, I mean, I guess frying things is usually a pretty safe go-to, but... I mean, you could fry a shoe and it'll taste good, so... Well, we did have fry stuff night in college. yeah. You want to fry some butter? You want to fry some bread? You want to fry a carrot? I don't know. You could fry anything. But, yeah, so uh, Hayama comes up with the idea to do it basically like like Louisiana's southern cooking. Cajun. Cajun style. And uh, I don't really know what's... I, I don't know, like, specifically the name of, like, the technique that Somo is using, but he made... He, he did some cool things by taking the part of the meat that should be the gamiest and pushed because he realized that it's not about suppressing the gross, weird flavors. It's about pushing them until they transform into umami. So I don't know how one does that necessarily, but like he did a good job. They were very excited. This had a little bit of um, extra eroticism 
in this episode. We had some small girls licking uh, stuff out of spoons. Yeah, it was a little much. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have some two new judges. Uh, a few new judges, more than two. That's true. We have Alice's dad, as well as uh, Sheila and... Berta. We think it's Sheila. It's spelled like C-I-L-L-A. So it's kind of interesting. They pronounce it Shira. So I, I'm gonna, we're gonna call her Sheila, because why not? But her dad, uh, Alice's dad, is pretty cool, because he comes off like really strict and hardcore. But then he's just like pulling a uh, Mai's Hughes from FMA, by which we mean very excited about his uh, his wife and daughter, how they're the cutest most perfect and he can never figure them out because they're just so perfect so that's kind of adorable it's a nice contrast to azami who's just straight up evil yeah um but he seems like he'll be a fair judge and the two girls seem like they'll be fair judges but they have like very interesting ideas of like what people should be they're all very into like are you cute or are you attractive oh you're a dangerous bad boy sort of deal (laughs) so i'm just like okay Okay, this is fine. But we end the episode with uh, before we actually get to see Hayama's dish. So I'm excited to see what he did next week. I'm wondering if this falls in the category of whoever gets judged second usually wins. Yeah, I hate that. And I hate that that's always true. It's just, it works very well because once you hit a certain point in this show, everyone's dish is pretty good. So... They have to exaggerate the second one a little bit. Yeah, but I'm uh, I'm interested to see what he actually di- did that's different than Soma. That's true. But the other thing is that you learn why Hayama became a traitor boy. That's true. He was a traitor boy. He said, see you later, boy. Oh, no. They weren't good enough for him. He's doing it to, to save uh, the research lab because he can't have the research group anymore. But uh, Azami was like, if you join the Elite Ten and do what I tell you to do, we'll give you a big research lab and we'll let, um, what's the teacher's name, Shiomi? We'll let her, like, work in there with you. So, like, they're not allowed to have their separate research club, but they'll be allowed to, like, I guess, research things in their labs. But... They had lost all their funding for all their research from all these different companies after Azami did his whole, like, takeover of the school. So that was kind of shitty. And you can see the light leave Hayama's eyes, like, as he, like, says, okay, I'll do what you want. Like, it's really sad. And, like, Soma finds out about all this. And instead of, like, and he's just like, I have to make you feel the fire again because I'm not going to beat you like this. And I don't want to be beaten when you're like this either. So he's trying to get him fired up and Hayama's just like, I'm going to crush you because if I beat you, then I'll get to actually get the things that I need and want. So, I mean, it was also nice to see the other characters acknowledging like, whoa, it's super weird that Hayama was a traitor. But like, like Alice is like, I can't believe it. Yep. But he had to do what he had to do to protect his family. Mm-hmm. He has to protect Shiomi's smile. <laughs> he has to pretty much so it was good to learn about it 
about what what his motivations are makes it less random that he's kind of switching sides. I'm still interested to see what the actual outcome of this will be. I don't remember. Is this does Soma get expelled if he loses? Yeah, I think because this is the, the these are their tests for uh, this. These are their like advancement exams. Right. The thing is, either Soma loses and gets expelled, or Hayama loses everything. And I don't know which one is worse, and I don't know which one we're going to get. Well, does Hayama actually have any stakes for this? Yeah, if he loses, he doesn't get to have the research lab and stuff. Oh. Yeah, this that's conditional on him participating in, like, getting rid of the rebels. I see. So, big stakes for everybody. And I don't really know how it's going to turn out because both of them have a lot to lose. I guess we'll see. We'll have to see. But it was fun to learn about bears. Got to hang out with some bears and all I want to do is eat that fried meat hamburger boy. Oh, I just want fried hamburgers now. Because man, that's, that shit looked good. It did look good. I wanted to lick that spoon. <laughs> man, they make their sauce look so good. I want to eat all of it. Anyway, before I eat my computer uh, from being so hungry after watching this show, what else did we? What else did we watch? We watched My Hero Academia, where we got to show off a few more members of Class B. Yeah. Oh, we got to see a cool fight against Smokey Boy. I guess his name is Mustard. Mustard, probably <laughs> like mustard gas. Yeah. Can I call him Smokey Boy instead? Either way. I'm going to call him Smokey Boy. Okay. he's stupid. He's like got to be in like middle school or something. And he's like, hey, you can't go anywhere because I can feel you in the fog. And it's true. That like for a while, they're like pretty screwed until the girl from class B with who can make her hands like super giant, just like fans away all the smoke and they can defeat him. I thought that was pretty great. But yeah, that's a. What a stupid villain. I hope that they arrest him and then he becomes a, a good guy because he's just a child. Well, there are some some pretty evil children on that side. I know. Uh, I have a feeling that uh, the girl who I think eats people is not going to be converted into a good person. No, but like Mustard Boy, <laughs> Mustard Smoky Boy, Barbecue Boy. <laughs> He's just like a middle schooler who's just like, nah, 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 I can beat you. And she seems a lot more like evil. Well, on that note, we actually got introduced to a good number of the villains in this episode that do seem very cool. We have, I believe his name is Second, uh, the one who can just make these clones of people temporarily. Oh, yeah, that was cool. Which is a very cool power because they retain their quirks. Uh, we got to see that lizard man who has all the swords who uh, gave us an interesting little bit of insight into the kind of ongoing conflict where there are still people who really embrace Stain's uh, psychology or oh, yeah. uh, philosophy. He didn't, he didn't want to kill Midoriya because Midoriya was spared by Stain and lauded for being like a true hero. So yeah. he didn't want to kill Midoriya. But that seems to be kind of a point of contention among the uh, evil League of Evil. Yeah. Um, and uh, who else? We got to see the Gimp with his ridiculous tooth-bending powers, 
which should be deeply impractical, but seems to be working out for him. Yeah, I'm like a little freaked out by tooth bending. Yeah. Tooth bending boy. Uh, Avatar the Last Toothbender. Yeah, a little bit. Uh, let me think. Was there anyone else we got to meet? Um, the guy who second did duplicate. Yeah, we got to see a little bit of him last episode. He does episode. a fiery thing, but I don't know if that's his whole quirk, because why is his face that way? Why does he look It like could that? just be an aesthetic, but his fire does seem... I mean, his fire is blue, which typically is much hotter. It reminds me of, like, the blue exorcist fire. It's also blue fire. Makes sense. But it's demon fire. So it's extra terrible. I don't remember who else we meet. But um, our heroes have an interesting go of it because Midoriya escapes the muscle boy with Koda. And he runs into a racer head who's just had his run in with the one of the villains. And he gives Koda to a racer head and racer head gives him the orders to uh, go to find the psychic cat girl. Mandalay. Mandalay. And she... Uh, relays everyone the messages that like they've all been given clearance to use their quirks and that they know that the villains are targeting Bakugo as one of their targets. Which, Bakugo. as an aside, the fact that Midoriya tells her that it's Kachan they're after, not Bakugo, I'm really hoping that doesn't come back to bite anyone in the ass because not everyone's going to know that nickname. Well, it seemed like everyone who needed to know it... And- figured it out yeah that's fair all of class a knows who kachan is because they know that's what deku calls bakuga bakuga bakugo bakugo bakugan (laughs) they all know that's what deku calls him so they all knew doesn't really matter if class b knows that's potentially because the only people who need to know is people who are going to be around bakugo and bakugo himself who doesn't seem to give a shit no because he's like stop telling you want me to fight then you want me to run away like screw you i'm not listening to you and because he's bakugo and he's just an angry boy but i think they're gonna try to they're gonna pull a sasuke and i'm really annoyed because i can see it coming and if they don't do it i'll be really happy about it but i think they're gonna pull a sasuke by which i mean they target him, kidnap him, they have to go on a mission to save him, and then they realize in the meantime they've turned him evil. We've all thought that Bakugo was going to become evil at some point because he's just too much of a hothead, but then we like had faith that maybe he just, you know, is an angry boy but still genuinely wants to be a hero. But like, I like now that you see that they're targeting him because they're trying to like show him, look, you're also uh, being controlled and you don't want that so join the villain side because we're expected to like fight outside of the bounds so I do worry that you know the villains are gonna get him and then convert him to be evil and I'm just gonna be like this is Naruto all over again but hey if it means more my hero academia I mean yes but like the part where the the point where Naruto started to fall off the band, bandwagon was when they started to focus on this kind of bullshit. Mm. Like Naruto was a great show and it was fabulous when I was getting started in watching anime, but there became a point where it was just 
too much and I had to stop because things just got bigger and crazier and more ridiculous. Like, it started off really good. Even though, like, when they did capture Sasuke and try to convert him to their evil snake ways, like, it was still good. But after, like, I just, I'm, I hope that they're not t- taking so many cues from it that it will eventually become a similar show. Because, like, it's, it is its own show. But I don't want it to start taking the same story beats. Because it seems pretty, you know, there's a lot of similarities right now. So that's my thoughts. But I still am enjoying it. I still like all the characters and it's still a kick-ass show. Yeah. (laughs) And I hope it it stays good and we don't fall into the filler episode arc bullshit. Also, that's when it got bad. So on that, I guess, happy note, (laughs) the next show is the Persona 4. Five. Animation. Animation. I actually didn't hate this episode as much. It, it continues to make interesting choices on the things they decide to leave in versus not. Namely, first one, the fact that they decided to name their group the Phantoms when in the video game, the ability to name your team, like the, the player got to choose what to name the team, and I kind of always took that to just be a way of allowing multiplayer because then you would see the name of whatever group helped you out in a multiplayer situation. I don't really know why they needed to establish a name other than the the Phantom Phantom Thieves, Thieves. which is already a name. And then they get shown mementos, which is fine. I mean, that's an important concept to be introduced to and they use it as a vehicle for introducing Madarame. But again, they, they continue to include some video gamey, Concepts that don't really necessarily support the plot as much as they could. I just like I don't remember who Madarame is, and I feel like they introduced it in the same episode that they concluded that little arc with, and I still don't know who Madarame is. In the show's defense, he has not been introduced yet. So why are they talking about him? This is what gets them to look into him. Oh, huh. they're but they say they when they when they hear the name, they're like, "Who's Madarame?" Like they're supposed to know who he is or something. So I'm just like. And they hear it from, like, the shadow. The, the shadow of this guy who's been stalking some girl who they defeat. You don't even see a battle. You literally, like, start the fight and it goes straight to the uh, video game cutscene things. The thing that's bizarre to me is they seem to have as little action as possible in this show. Mm-hmm. When the real selling point of Persona is the ability to blend kind of the slice of lifey character driven stuff with action. It's just taking out all the fun parts of it. And the problem is this show kind of seems to not really be able to choose either because we don't get a proper look at the side characters and we don't really get any action. Yeah, I don't know what it's it's just trying to tell the story of what happens in Persona Five, but it's not relaying any of the joy that was actually in Persona Five. It's it's like the book report version, you know. It it, it gets all the major plot bullet points, but mm-hmm. none of the things that make it good. Yeah. Also, as an aside, like the preview from last week that was telling you about like the weird spoiler thing that was in that preview. Nothing to do with it this week. Yeah. Absolutely nothing to do with it. So I'm just like, why would you do that? Just, I don't, I'm just baffled. Like every choice this show makes is just not a good choice. Yeah. 
And I'm just like, why? I don't want to watch this anymore. We're going to continue to watch it so that we can give you the updates, listeners. But it's going to start to get... Unless they... I was really hoping that this episode is where they picked up and like where I started to maybe like it. Because you were getting out of that like tutorial arc and into like maybe the rest of the game. But you just hop around with the three main characters like talking about different things and they go to a buffet for like half the episode like it continues to exist in this weird space where i'm not sure it would be particularly easy to understand if you haven't played the game and if you have played the game why would you need to watch this yeah it's like watching a recap at the beginning of an episode except it just goes for 20 minutes it's just it's just not as good as playing the game at all and it's not they're not doing anything to make it compelling on in its own right i think i've heard before that this is basically an advertisement for the game but this is not a good advertisement for the game because the game is so much better and like you could like i just i can't and we have the ending credits again and there's still the terrible crotch crotch demon friends they're back. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> and I hate them. I hate everything about them. And I wish that they just didn't have end credits other than like stuff overlaying the screen because it's just painful to look at. <sighs> Persona 5 be better. Well, you're in- a good animation studio. Why do you not care about this project? It was like laid out for you. In slightly related news, if you are looking for more Persona content that is hopefully going to be decent, there is another Persona 5 game. Let me check what it's called. It's like Dancing Moon Knight or something. It's it's their dancing game, which, you know, it's going to be very fan y for people who enjoyed Persona 5. But at the same time, uh, Persona 4 Dancing All Night did actually have its own story. So there is some hope that we'll be getting something new in the Persona 5 canon in the not-too-distant future, in addition to the idea of, like, maybe we'll get a Persona 5 Golden like we did for Persona 4. But anyway, that's... At that point, we're not even talking about anime anymore, so... Yeah, I'm disappointed, because I this would be a really cool way to, like, introduce to somebody this universe, but they're just not doing a good job with it, so I'm sad. <sighs> On a happier note... I guess we're going to keep watching all our shows. I feel like I was a downer this week. I feel like I was a little bit of a Debbie Downer. What do you mean? I don't know. I'm ragging on Persona. I'm pessimistic about My Hero Aka. We're just anticipating for Shokugeki no Soma and Steins Gate. Just like I'm on all these tender hooks, man. Yep. Just, you know, I need... I guess the problem with watching things over a season is there's no closure for so long. Yeah, the Netflix model. I mean, I haven't actually really seen any anime other than what I watched of Devilman, where it was dropped all in one day and I could watch it all. Um, you're not used to the, you know, not, you're not normally used to the streaming, you know, all at once model, except for Devilman Crybaby, but... I think a lot of shows would benefit from it. I still think that... Kill a Kill would have been a much more memorable experience for me had I not watched it week to week because it got a little exhausting. Um, yeah, it's weird. Yeah, definitely all the show, the entire show being out at the same time, like makes you watch more of it because otherwise you have to remember that you want to go back and watch that show. But you can't expect, you know, 
the whole world to jump on the Netflix train because I mean these shows are airing on television in Japan. I think it's a it's also it affects different shows in different ways. I'm actually glad we're watching Steinsgate week to week because I think that the slow burn really does suit it and I think something like Persona if it dropped all at once I just wouldn't finish it. Yeah, that's fair. It's a lot less overwhelming when you're watching one show a week. So yeah, we will be back with episode six next week of this segment. And before that, we're going to have another very exciting segment out for you guys. And we're not going to spoil anything of that because spoilers are evil. Unless you're listening to a review show where you're expected to know the spoilers like this show. Yep. (laughs) So we hope you've had a good time listening, even though I was kind of a downer this week. And if you like this show and you like other nerd things, you should listen to and watch other media on the nerds list. If you're interested in technology and engineering, there is Jet Set Media. And if you like games, there is Games Nation. All on the nerds list. You could find all of those things at our website for the nerds list and on Facebook. And we also have a Twitter. Nerds list is everywhere. Uh, World of Anime is on all of those platforms as well. And and you should review us and share us with your friends and get everyone to listen because we love more listeners because we want to share our thoughts with the whole world. And we want to start engaging with you, the community, and seeing what you want us to review and what you want us to talk about. So please leave comments, leave reviews, uh, you can find me on Twitter at StepUpTheGame if you want to tweet at me different ideas for what you would like us to cover. And Ben, where can we find you on the internet? I'm on Twitter at OpenWorldIRL, and I'm here. Yeah. So thank you so much for listening and joining us this week. Again, I'm Stephanie, and this has been World of Anime. Have a good night, everyone. Oyasumi! Oh, yeah, <laughs>